there's those types of, of visions. So, um, so we have physical eyesight, right, vision. We have spiritual visions. And then we have what I call intentional or creative vision. And this is what we do here often, is that we, we create an intentional vision of what it is that we want to experience, what it is that we want to, to have, what we want to draw to our lives. And in that, that sets that energy in motion where we can draw it to us. Um, you know, every week we talk about what our vision is, our, our larger vision for CSL Leesburg, which is, of course, to awaken our inherent oneness with divine source, our planet and each other, and then act knowing the oneness matters. We say that every week. That's a big vision. That is something that, that is out there that we're striving for. For Centers for Spiritual Living worldwide, it's creating a world that works for everyone. It's this big idea, this big vision. And I love uh, Charles Einstein and his, his book called The Most Beautiful World Our Hearts Know is Possible. That's the most beautiful vision, isn't it? To, just to, to, to imagine the most beautiful world that our hearts know you know, that we know within us. I think there's an innate knowingness within us of what is possible, what is it that we can, can create and what we can see and what we can experience. And so this idea of, of creative vision is this active, active um, way of creating, of drawing to us. And I was thinking about this, about, you know, how many times I've done that, where I've, I've set a, a vision of something that I want. And, and in our, our affirmative prayer, the way we pray, it's all about having a vision of what it is that we want to experience, how we want to be, what, how is it going to look. And, and just the other day, I had, I, I realized sometimes I just do this now. It's so just natural for me. I don't even, I'm not quite even aware that I'm doing it. But I, um, my, my grandfather had a chest. It's a beautiful Japanese carved chest, and it was in my, it's been my family forever. I grew up with it. And my brother has had it in Albuquerque, and he's moving, and he's not wanting to keep it. And I want this chest, you know? And so <laughs> I, I had, I've been wanting it for a while, and I've been trying to figure out. I, I uh, priced what it was going to cost to bring it here, and, it, you know, it's, it's very expensive. And, and he's, he was keeping it, but now he's he's going to move, and, and so I've been kind of thinking about it, and then I just thought, well, you know, I, I haven't found, I haven't figured out how I'm going to get it here, but I just know it's going to get here. Like, I know there's a way, and I actually vision um, it sitting in my house. Like, where would I put it in my house? It's going to be right here, and then I the conjured up all the feelings I had about it growing up, because we, we kept special things in it, and I remember there was a, a couple of dolls that my mom and I had made and had in there, and, and so I kind of visualized this whole um, having this here and thinking about my kids seeing it and, you know, just this beautiful chest that has history. And, and so I just, I'm like, mm, I, I can hardly wait to see how that's going to come about. And so then Friday, um, I had this idea that I wanted to go visit, I wanted to see a friend of mine. I haven't had lunch with her in a while. And, and so I, I texted her and I said, hey, you want to have lunch today? And she said, yeah, sure. And and so we went to have lunch and sat down, and, and I said, so what have you been up to? Or what, are you, what are you up to? And she said, well, I'm getting ready for my niece to come visit. I said, really? And she goes, yeah, she lives in Albuquerque. <laughs> I said, Albuquerque? That's where my brother lives. And I said, as a matter of fact, I, I'm trying to figure out how to get a chest here uh, from there. Uh, and she goes, oh, I'll bring it. I'm like, what do you mean you'll bring it? She goes, well, I'm driving there in May. And I'm like, do you have, and she goes, I'll be in my Suburban. I'll be able to bring it home. And she goes, and if you need a place to put it while after your brother moves, uh, my, my niece could keep it at her house. So I'm like, oh, well, thank you, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so sometimes we don't really realize, right, that we're creating in that way. 
And, that, and, and especially if we practice, like when we, we practice what we practice and we know it and we put it out there and we, we bring that feeling nature and that vision and that purpose and that understanding and then we release it, um, those answers come for us. So this is like the, the best way that, <laughs> that we can use this idea of, of vision, of visioning. I love what Michael Beckwith says when he says, uh, we are either pushed by pain, you're pushed by pain until you're pulled by vision. And so we have a choice sometimes that we can just go along with life of what's, what's happening and kind of react to it, or we can choose. We can choose to, to create something new in our lives, to, to be pulled by a vision, to, to be able to, to really um, use that creative imagination to draw to us what it is that we want to experience. Krishnamurti said, that the ego ekes out joy from the realms of the known experience. The ego ekes out joy by that which is familiar. When we, when we focus on vision, we're coming from a higher self. We're coming from that spiritual nature of ourselves. And sometimes we don't know. That's not going to come from the known. And vision is not about the known. Visioning is about opening ourselves up to something new, something new coming to us, something that we may not have experienced or, or known or even known how. And it's always, it's different. Vision is different from goals. From when we have goals, we kind of know where we want to go, and, but we have steps, how we're going to get there. When we have a vision, we just, it's just the completed idea and we don't know how. Just like me saying, I'm going to get that chest. I don't know how, <laughs> but it's going to come. And so, uh, so this whole year, we're going to talk about this idea of, of how it is that we can grow and, and um, draw to us and, and utilize this idea of vision in our life. And how is it that we can do this? You know, um, how can we be conscious of, of how our physical vision creates for us? We, we may not think it does, but it does because we know that it's not just about what we see, it's how we interpret it. It's what our perception is. We all know that we can have uh, somebody uh, give a live eyewitness account of something, and it can be totally different, totally different. We know that we can have experiences where, where someone says, oh, did you see that look that that person gave me? She's really mad at me. And you can say, what are you talking about? I, they didn't, you know, so we, <laughs> by the way that we think, what our, what our perceptions are, how we are in the world, you know, there's those studies that show that, that a person that's tired and has a big backpack on their, their back will, will view a, a flight of stairs as, as steeper as higher than somebody who's rested and has, has a lar- carries a lighter load. If somebody's on a hill and they're on a, on a skateboard, they're going to see it as steeper <laughs> than a person who's on solid ground. You know, so, this, so that's, a, that's a visual, right? Those are facts. But we interpret them differently. And so one of the ways that we can create more good in our life is to be, un- be aware of how we're interpreting what we're actually seeing out in the world. What we're actually seeing out in the world and how is it that we want to experience it. And then spiritual vision, of course, you know, we all, uh, we all can have these moments of enlightenment. We can have, some of us have an innate uh, ability for, for spiritual vision, but we all we all have the capability to tap into divine source. We're all mystics. A mystic is just somebody who, who, who uh, has an awareness or understanding of the divine without any outward you know, um, information. We all have the ability to do that. We all have that. And so stopping 
and being a place of quiet and openness in our spiritual practice can really assist us in expanding our spiritual vision. And then, of course, uh, the creative intention of visioning is the conscious use of our thought. You know, Dirk Dernos Holmes said that a, a trained thought is much more powerful than an untrained thought. And so this is the difference between just letting our thoughts, you know, move us through the world and consciously deciding what is it that we choose to create? What is it that we choose to think? What is it that we want to experience in the world? Dr. Holmes said, what we now experience, we may cease experiencing if we have the will and the imagination to set our vision in an opposite direction. So whatever we're experiencing in this moment, 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 we have, if we have the will, the focus, the imagination to have this vision, we can set our vision in an opposite direction and hold it there. It is the office of the imagination to set the vision. The will should hold it in place until the creative genius of the inner life transforms the image of limitation and transmutes it to liberty under the law. So the, that, we, that it moves into this creative expression out into our world. And all of this, how we use vision, depends on how we see the spiritual truth in our life, which brings us to this, going back to the basics of what it is, our understanding of what we might call God or spirit or divine. Ernest Holmes says the study of the science of mind is the study of first cause of spirit, of mind, or that invisible essence, that, all, that ultimate stuff and intelligence from which everything comes, the power back of a creation, the thing itself. He called the divine the thing itself, that which is everywhere present, all available, always available, throughout all things. And it matters to us uh, how we understand this. Um, uh, in the book uh, Principles of Oneness, he says, it is worth your time to re-examine your thoughts and your beliefs of who and what God or the universe is. It's worth our time because the way we understand that energy that moves through all things and how it works in our life, if we see God as a separate being up in the sky, separate from us, that's judgmental, that, that is going to punish us, we're going to act differently. If we see it, uh, if we see two, uh, two opposing forces in the world, spiritual forces, a God and a, a devil or an evil presence, and we're kind of in the middle, we're going to act differently in the world. When we come to that understanding of this divine energy that moves through all of us, that is, that is pure potential, pure potentiality, we come from a place of, of love and security, not from fear, not from pushing against, not from pushing away. In the Principles of Oneness, he says, this field of energy is identified as God universe. This infinite field of energy over the course of history has been identified as universe, as God, as the divine, as the soul, Allah, the great spirit, mother nature, the force, and many other names. This is important because it helps to unify a, a variety of religious, philosophical, and pagan beliefs that often have an incomplete or misinterpretation of the concept of the universe or God a lot of us have little bits of the truth, right? And one of the power that Ernest Holmes did is he took all those bits of truth and he found the common thread and he, he took away the dogma and the, uh, what people thought and the judgments and he said, 
everybody's saying the same thing. <laughs> Everyone's saying that it's just this presence that moves through all things, and there's only one. Joel Goldsmith says, all metaphysical teachings has their origin in the revelation of God as one, not as two, not as <laughs> you know, anything else, but that it is one. And he goes on and he says, let us not make the common mistake of thinking that practicing the presence of God is just another means of using God or another method of praying to bringing God's influence into our experience in overcoming discord. He says, its purpose is to bring to individual consciousness the awareness of God as one, of God as infinite, individual being, of God as all presence and all power. The universal belief in two powers, good and evil, will continue to operate in our experience until we individually remember this. You and I individually reject the belief in two powers. That there's not something out there other and it doesn't matter what you call it. I know a lot of us come into this philosophy with uh, maybe some triggers around that word God because it's been, it's been used in a way <laughs> that, that is negative. So you can call it anything you want. <laughs> my, 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 my teacher, Fred Vogt, used to say, you can call it Sam. You know, you can call it anything you want. <laughs> Samantha, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's why we say it, the thing itself. The thing itself is not a... You know, it's not a derogatory term at all. I mean, it's, it's about that energy that's not feminine or masculine. It doesn't have a personality. It is just the pure en energy essence. And we know this from quantum physics that, that we're all made of this stuff. We're all made of this energy from the very the smallest bits of us. is all made of the same stuff. And what's powerful about this is that when we wake up to this truth, when we wake up to the truth of of this divine energy that moves through us is the next part where we're going to talk about probably more next week is that we can use it. If it is all everywhere present, all energy in the world, and it moves through us, then we are the creative expression of that and we have the power. There's a power in the, in the universe greater than we are and we can use it. We can express it into our lives. And when we see this divine idea of oneness, of the field, of the energy of God, then that allows us to then um, broaden our experience. And uh, Dr. Holmes says, ignorance stays with us until the day of enlightenment, until our vision toward the spirit broadens and casts out the image of a no longer useful littleness. Isn't that beautiful? Ignorance stays with us. So until we, you know, until we have a new understanding, uh, until this day of enlightenment, until our vision towards spirit, this idea that we have towards this idea of, of oneness, of, of essence, of spirit, broadens and casts out the image of a no longer useful littleness. That when we are not aware of that divine that moves through us, we ma it makes us little. It makes us separate, makes us fearful and weak and, uh, and, and wanting to fight, right? When we see that divine energy as this big presence and we're a part of it, it makes us powerful, makes us loving, makes us generous, makes us kind. So this is what we're going to be looking at for this whole, this whole year of how can we, we harness this, di this idea of, 
a vision to create a, to create a world that works for all. And so how can you improve your vision? Physically, you know, working to widen your perspective, uh, spiritually to slow down and open yourself up to the spiritual insights that are available to you. Creatively, to not succumb to the facts that are being broadcast out there in the world, <laughs> especially right now through our social media, through on, the tel on the television, because uh, we can get caught up in that. So I want to leave you with some, some facts to help us as we open ourselves up to having a, a more powerful creative vision. It's from Steven Pinker, and Steven Pinker um, is a, a researcher. He's a writer, and he gathers facts and numbers, and he tells a story about where we really are. And so he says, he's talking about what we can look forward in 2020. He says that, that for us in our world, progress is a historical fact. He says the numbers show that over the past seven decades, humans have become, on average, longer lived, healthier, safer, richer, freer, fairer, happier, and smarter, not just in the West, but worldwide. He goes on and he says, but this progress is invisible to most people because they don't get their understanding of the world from numbers. They get it from headlines. And journalism, by its very nature, conceals progress because it presents sudden events rather than gradual trends. Remember we talked about always look for the trends. You know, where are we going? So most things that happen suddenly, most things that happen suddenly are bad. A war, a shooting, an epidemic, a scandal, a financial collapse. Those are all things that, that happen in, you know, in the moment. Most things that are good consist either of nothing, like I got here today safely. We all got here today safely. You know, <laughs> that's kind of a, you know, nothing happened. It's all just fine. So like a nation that is free of war or famine or things that happen gradually but compound over years, such as the decline in poverty, illiteracy, and disease. So how do we think about 2020? He says successive generations have applied the ideal of human rights to end religious persecution, sadistic punishment, legal slavery, callousness towards workers, and discrimination against women, ethnic minorities, and gay people. Recently, it has been extended to sexual harassment, mistreatment of transgender people, and oppressive laws in the liberal regions. In the past decade, 13 countries decriminalized homosexuality. 13. Even the most backward will face pressure to abandon archaic practices that keep girls out of school and women from driving. He says 193 countries of the UN continue uh, to pr progressing towards goals that slash poverty, hunger, disease, illiteracy, gender inequality, war, and other scourges. During the past decade, the number of democracies in the world have hovered at a record high uh, range with 99 in 2018 compared to 87 in 98, 51 in 88, and just 10 in 1918. Democracy is on the rise. 
Rates of death and wars of all kinds plunged a hundredfold between 1950 and 2005, from 22 per 100,000 people to 0.2 in all wars. And I, you know, I, I love sharing these ideas because, again, we can get so caught up in the moment, what's happening in this moment, and feel like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's all going in the wrong direction. And that doesn't mean that we don't watch it. We just spent a whole year talking about spirituality in action and what is ours to do and how we can take action. And, and there are things that, yes, yes, need to change. But when you look at the big change and where we're going, where that momentum going and what that vision is, it's healthier and freer and kinder in every, every way. So I love this, this quote by Dr. Holmes. I'm going to leave it with you uh, for, uh, as we start this vision. He says, 1958, he said this about our, our teaching and who we are. He said, we are forerunners in a campaign of spiritual freedom, intellectual integrity, and emotional stability in a spiritual world. We're forerunners in this campaign. Spiritual freedom, intellectual integrity, and emotional stability. It is our privilege to take part in a new spiritual renaissance. And it's our privilege to continue that renaissance in our personal work and how we hold a vision for each other, ourselves, and our world. Let's take that into our prayer time, our first prayer time, our, our meditation ah, for 2020. So let's just close our eyes and take in a nice deep breath. And just allow that breath to breathe down into your very being. How good it is to sit together in community and remember who we are. And so just feel into your, your body and just notice, just grounding in this present moment. What's going on with your body? How's it feeling? No judgment, nothing you need to do about it. Just being aware. And then just bring your awareness to your emotions. What emotions might be going on for you in this moment? Maybe you don't feel much. That's an emotion as well. Just calmness, peace. And then just lift up to your mind. Is it busy? Is it calm? Are there lots of thoughts? And again, nothing to do about that, but just become aware. And now just allow your awareness to drop into that heart space. And I'd like you to just feel into a vision. A vision for this 2020, this coming year. And to do that, I want you to just bring forward, if you choose, uh, a time in your life that you have felt safe and healthy and happy. It might be just a moment. It might have been a, a moment with friends and family where you were celebrating. It might have been a, in a job that you loved or with a special animal that you love. And just feel into that moment of 
Just love and joy and ease and safety. Just let that fill your heart. And now, continuing with this feeling, noting how it feels for you to feel this safe, loving energy, use your visual imagination to project forward next year at this time. You might be sitting in the same space. And how it is that you want to feel, taking those, those feelings of love and joy and peace and wholeness and happiness, whatever it is, and, and visualizing yourself. Where is it that you're going to be? What are you going to be celebrating? And what is this divine idea of your 2020? It might be a word that bubbles up for you, just one word or a, a phrase. What is God's idea of, its ex of itself expressing through me in this moment for this year? What is that quality, that divine quality that you can attach to this vision going forward into 2020? Whatever that quality is, just allow it to settle into your heart space. And now just feel that energy of, of love and wholeness and completeness and health and wellness. And as it just fills up your whole being, allow it to spill out into this room, however you visualize that. It's light. It's just energy. And it begins to touch the people around you, blessing them. And as you notice your energy blessing others, that energy is coming back and blessing you. And just notice how it expands in this room, this light, this energy. As we lift our vision up, moving out of this building and seeing it spread out through this campus, loving all that goes on here during the week, all the good work that it does. Let us lift up to the town of Leesburg and wherever you came from this morning, whether you're home or you're wherever you're staying, and all the people who are there, reside there, and all the animals, all the life, just blessing them with this energy. Let us expand from the state of Virginia and the surrounding states, and let us just move over to our capital, Washington, D.C., and just vision a year from now what is the highest and best for our community, for our government, for those decision makers have, who have made the, the best decisions for the highest and best of our country and the world over this next year? We don't have to, we don't have to know how that looks. We don't have to know what's, what's going to happen over this next year. We just can hold that vision of celebration and of peace and abundance, health for our country. And let us expand now throughout our whole country and moving up to see our world, this beautiful, beautiful marble that houses all that we know, all that we love, everything we've ever experienced. 
and surround it with this light, this loving energy. And just allow yourself to expand out into that universal field of energy, knowing that you are one with it all. And in doing that, we feel that expansive nature of the one within us. And we bring our conscious awareness back into this space, back into our bodies, breathing down into our feet, grounding our feet to this Mother Earth, placing a hand over your heart. We just recognize that this divine presence that is everywhere available is right here, right now. It's within each of us in the most powerful and beautiful way. I know that our intention, our vision for 2020 is is set at this moment, is made manifest throughout this year that there is love and peace and wholeness and health and that we bring that forward by holding that vision, by knowing that truth, by being that expression of God in everything we do. This is the truth that I claim and know in this moment. This is what I celebrate today. I release it into that law that makes it so. I celebrate it by simply saying, and so it is. And we know this together. And so it is. And so we let it be. <laughs>